0: This episode of The Ziggler Show is sponsored in part by Zip Recruiter. As a business owner or manager, your company is only as good as the people you hire. Posting jobs in one place is not enough to find quality candidates. With Zip Recruiter, you can post to 100 plus job sites with one single click and be instantly matched to candidates from over 6 million resumes. Today, you can try Zip Recruiter for free. Go to slash Ziggler. Again, that's slash Ziggler. Ziggler. Built around the
1: concept that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just have enough other people get what they want. Well, remember you were born to win, but in order to be the winner, you were born to be. You got to plan to win. You got to prepare to win. And then and only then can you legitimately expect to win.
2: You see, with integrity, you do the right thing. When you
1: do the right thing, there's no guilt. With integrity, you have nothing to fear because you have nothing to hide. See, folks, failure is an event. It's not a person.
2: Yesterday really did end last night. Today is a brand new day,
0: and it's yours. Friends, welcome to The Ziegler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and it is my unique privilege to bring today's profound message to you. The Ziglar Show is founded on what Zig Ziglar, the world's most prolific motivator, devoted his life to, inspiring your true performance. You can have the best tools, uh, resources, and even opportunity, but unless you are truly inspired, you'll be hopeful but remain where you are. What is the definition of inspired? Listen to this, to influence or animate with an idea or purpose. Did you hear that? Animate with a purpose. If you want to take action, you have to know and be motivated by true purpose. That's deep, folks, and it is why you are here. Let's dig in and change your world so you can change this world. We need all you've got to offer. desperately. Folks, The Ziggler Show isn't an interview-heavy show. I mean, we have Zig who could want more than that, but then Zig inspired people and was a huge fan of others who inspired as well as we are. And when there's someone changing the world today with truth and love and inspiration, it's our duty and honor to bring them to you. So today we are going to talk a bit about parenting, but I guarantee it's going to be highly relevant for everyone. And Why? I mean, because you were parented by someone and it affected who you are, it affected who I am. But for those of you who parent also, who are parents today, I mean, wow, I mean, this show is going to resonate in some deep ways. So let me tell you what and who we have for you today. A quick thank you to Braintree for their support of The Ziggler Show. If you're looking to set up payments for your business, Braintree gives your app or website a payment solution that accepts just about every payment method with one simple integration. Plus, they'll give you your first $50,000 in transactions fees free. To learn more, visit BraintreePayments.com slash Ziggler. So, Hey, have you ever seen a homeless person? I mean, of course you have someone panhandling or sleeping in a park. Uh, You ever suppose what led them there? What's their story? Our guest today was one of those people. His parents died when he was young. He didn't handle it well, made some bad decisions, ended up living under a pier for a good time. But today we're not going to fully discuss that story. You can go read about it later and I'll give you his website to do so. We're going to focus on many years later, decades after he learned and he grew and he overcame. So many are going to recognize this guest today from his highly rated PBS special, The Seven Decisions. He appears consistently on CNN, Fox News and ABC's Good Morning America. He's the author of more than 25 books, including the New York Times bestsellers, The Noticer and The Traveler's Gift. Uh, That's where I first came to know him was through his book, The Traveler's Gift, many years ago. He's been a guest to the White House on several occasions and has spoken at the request of four different presidents of the United States. He works as a consultant to many Fortune 500 companies who have hired him to create a starting point for long term success. So, our guest is Andy Andrews. Uh, A New York Times reporter recently wrote Andy Andrews has quietly become one of the most influential people in America. Which is interesting as I've known his name for really as long as I can remember, but I don't always see him on marquees or at the head of social media. Yet so, so many influential people cite his influence in their lives, including my dad, Dan Miller. So before we bring Andy on, I'm going to bring together and share two short clips from Andy on parenting. Uh, One I'm honestly sharing because it showcases an incredible talent for communication, uh, and the other because it showcases heart and connection that will touch you. I mean, both clips are about six minutes total just together. Uh, And by the way, yeah, please check out what Andy has to offer, his story, all his books, everything at andyandrews.com. All right, well, here you go. The first video here, it's just, I think it's like two minutes, is titled The 50 Famous Parental Sayings. And this is just impressive, okay? So so here's, here's Andy.
2: I have, um, I, I just, I thought I didn't want to be my dad, so I wrote down all the most famous parental sayings, everything that's really famous, you know, that parents say over and over again. And I wrote them down and I memorized them so that I could just say them to my children. And, and every day I get Austin and Adam in front of me and I... Say all 50 of them, then let them go to their room and choose the one they thinks most appropriate for the time. <laughs> let, let me try this. I think I can do this for you. There's all 50 of the most famous parental sayings. Let me do this in like 60 seconds. You better change your tune pretty quick or you're out of here. I mean it. Is that understood? Don't shake your head at me. I can't hear your head rattle. Don't mumble. You act as if the world owes you living. you You got a chip on your shoulder. You're not going anywhere looking like that. You're crazy if you think you are. If you think you are, just try me. I don't know what's wrong with you. I never saw a kid like you. Other kids don't pull stuff like that. I wasn't like that. What kind of example do you think you are for your brothers and sisters? Sit up straight. Don't slouch. Would you like a spanking? If you'd like a spanking, just tell me now, we'll get this thing over with. You're cruising for a bruising. I'm your father as long as you live in my house, you'll do as I say do. You think the rules don't apply to you? I'm here to tell you that they do. Or are you blind? Watch what you're doing. You walk around here like you're in a days. Something better change and change fast. You're driving your mother to an early grave. This is a family vacation. You're gonna have fun whether you like it or not. (laughs) Take some responsibility pull your own way. Don't expect other people to pick up after you. And don't ask me for money. What do you think I'm made out of money? Think of a tree that grows money? You better wake up and I don't mean maybe. Do you act like this when you're away from us? we have given you everything we possibly could. Food on the table, a roof over your head. Things you never had when we were your age. You treat us like we don't exist. That's no excuse. If he jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff too? You're grounded. I'm not going to put up with this for another minute. You're crazy if you think I am. If you think I am, just try me. Don't look at me that way. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Don't make me say this again. <laughs>
0: The second clip here is titled, Putting the Boys to Bed. This will touch your heart. I mean, imagine receiving it as a child, this message from a truly loving, caring, supporting parent. And for those of you who are parents, imagine giving this blessing. Here we go.
2: I'm through. Um, but, but I, I want to leave you with I want to leave you with something. From me to you, I want to tell you something special. And because I don't know really what the future holds, I feel like I need to make sure that you know that I don't hope you do great things with your life. I I don't hope you take these seven decisions and and change your world. And I'll tell you why. Because of my two little boys. Adam and Austin, three-year-old and five-year-old. With their mama, with my wife, those two little boys are the most precious things on this planet to me. I love those little monkeys. And and I take these boys and every night I smother them with kisses. And I spend a little time with each of them. Adam likes to count the stars. The three-year-old, I'll take Adam out and, and we'll go out. And I'll say, count the stars, buddy. And i hold him and Adam will say, star, 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 star. He'll look at me and say, moon? <laughs> yes, yeah, the moon. Another moon, daddy? Nobody. One moon. A lot of stars, a lot of little boys. But there's one moon. And one Adam. And I'll take Adam in. I'll put him in the bed. And, and he'll snuggle in. And there'll be Austin. And Austin will be, he'll, he'll get all straight. Polly will already put him in bed. He'll get straight because he knows what's coming next. And I'll, I'll say, you ready, buddy? he said, I am. And I'll, I'll go up to Austin and I'll put my hand on his chest. And I'll say, buddy, it's time to check your heart. And I'll say, Austin, did you have a good day? And he'll say, I did. And I say, Do you know how much Daddy loves you, Austin? He says, I do. I say, Do you know how much God loves you? He says, Yes, sir. And I say, Austin, is there anything you've done today that you feel like you need to ask forgiveness for? And he'll say, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) And I say, Buddy, is there anybody you're mad at? Anybody you're upset with? Anybody you need to forgive before you go to sleep? And he'll say, No, sir. I say, Austin, are you proud of yourself? He'll say, I am. i say, do you know how, how proud of you daddy is? He says, yes, sir. I say, we're going to have a good day tomorrow? He says, we are. I say, then close your eyes and go to sleep, buddy. Because you've got a great heart. I love these little boys. And that is why I would never, ever tell you that I hope you do great things with your life. I'm expecting it. Because everything you do matters. Every move you make, every action you take matters not just to you, not just to your family, not just to your your friends or your hometown. Everything you do matters to me in Orange Beach, Alabama. Because every move you make, every action you take is creating the world in which my little boys grow up. I'm expecting great things from you. And frankly, you can expect the same thing from me. We're in this together. We should hold each other accountable. Because everything we do matters. And we will make a difference. But the question is, what kind of difference are we going to make? And you already know the answer. The answer is a great one. Thank you, guys. It's been a
0: privilege to be here. So now let's dig in with Andy as I've got Tom Ziegler and Andy both on the line with me. Andy, I normally start every interview by asking the interviewee about their personal Zig story, and I'll do so here with you now. But when when I write shows, I always do some some research. One of the things I do is, I t- is, is, first off, I type in the interviewee's name along with Zig Ziglar. Uh, and so I did that with you. I typed in Andy Andrews, Zig Ziglar. And our last interview was with Dave Ramsey. And one of the first things that popped up was this quote from him about you. It said, uh, He said, This is no ordinary author. Andy Andrews is a life whisperer. He has a way of taking life's most confusing issues and simplifying them, allowing us to harness principles and reach our fullest potential. His book, The Final Summit, is his best work yet, and that's really saying something. So, I mean, what a weighty testimonial. Um, And So that was incredible. But the first page of Google, as I typed those words in, Andy Andrews and Zig Ziglar, was primarily filled with references to this quote. So, folks, you got to listen to this. It says, every generation or so, God produces a person who can communicate like no one else. His words are like cool water to a thirsty civilization. Andy Andrews is one of the best I have ever seen. Folks, that quote was from Zig Ziglar. Zig, I wow. mean, one of the best communicators of all time. I mean, I already had reverence for you, Andy, but when I read that from Zig, it was like hearing you know Michael <laughs> Jordan reference you as the best basketball player of all time. Uh, so... To start off, Andy, I do want to ask you two things. What is your, uh, just real quick, your personal, your introductory story and exposure to Zig? And then how did you come to, I know it's a big question, but how did you come to be a guy who one of the world's best communicators says is one of the best communicators?
1: Wow. Yeah, well, there There is a mouthful right off the bat. And I, yeah. I, I, you know, I am honored to be with you guys. I, I I just, uh, you know, I loved Tom, his sisters, his mom, and, and obviously I loved Zig, and and I guess maybe the maybe the funniest Zig story that I have, it had, and I don't know if you've ever heard about the time that I uh, almost had to kill Zig, uh, but it was in the St. Louis airport, and uh, my wife had not met him. I I had only been around him a little bit, and I was just. Totally in awe of him. Um, He knew who I was, but he had never heard me speak. And and I I was you know I was a young speaker and and uh, I, I was just like I say totally in awe of him. And Polly and I were in baggage claim at St. Louis Airport and just waiting on some stuff and just kind of talking. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we hear. Andy Andrews, I can't believe that's you! And we look—that
0: <laughs> was a good impersonation.
1: Walking, walking across the thing. Here, 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 here he comes! And Polly says, "Oh my gosh, that's Zig Ziegler And 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 here and you know he's walking over. And Andrews, I can't believe this is you. This must be the most beautiful girl that you have married. Let me say, come here, you lovely thing. <laughs> oh, my wife, the redhead, would love to meet you. And he's going on and on. You know. And he's just oohing and gooing over Polly, and she's just like she's in awe. And I'm saying, and Polly, the first words out of Polly's mouth, she says, "Oh my gosh, it is so great to meet you." You know, Andy does a great impression of you,
0: <laughs> which I just heard. And, I and
1: they're going, "Don't say," and and Zig quietly turns to me, and goes, "Really? I'd love to hear it sometime." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, that is
3: great. great. That so so
1: it, it was it was so funny that that then years later, because I you know, I listened to Zig in person a bunch of times and obviously in my car all the time, but but then it, it was years later I was doing an event uh for the Gaithers, And it was like, I don't know, fourteen or fifteen thousand people in this big arena and And so I was doing this thing on a Saturday morning, and, you know, I'm going all over the stage. I'm walking around and in and out and up and down off the stage, and my wife is also there. And when I get off the stage, Holly is looking at me with very wide eyes, and she points over to her left. And I said, what? She said, look who's sitting right there. And I looked over, and it was Zig and Gene, and I almost fainted. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he – and, you know, then then you're thinking, what did I do? (laughs) Was I okay? Oh, my gosh, what did I do? And and so he was just – he was very gracious, and and that really began kind of a relationship with us, and – he just uh, was so encouraging to me and to my family and got to meet my boys. You know, Polly and I had the boys there. And so later that day, you know, we were coming back to the arena and, and he and Jean were going to be there. And and we said, I said, now, guys, uh, you know, you know how some people say that dad is a really good speaker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I'm going to introduce you to the guy who is the greatest speaker of all time. And they're like, really? And I say, yeah. Now, this is the this. His name is Mr. Zig Ziglar, and he is the greatest of all time. You know, he he is Dad's hero, and and so so it was amazing that we're backstage and we're going down this big, you know, big. uh, Concourse kind of thing backstage, you know how these arenas yeah. are, in, and uh, and Zeke was up like fifty or sixty feet, and he saw us coming, and his face just brightened up, and as he got, you know, as we got close to him, he shook hands with the boys, and then he put his hand on each of their shoulder, Austin and Adam, and I guess they were probably uh, probably eight and six at that time, and he said. I saw you coming from a mile away. I know a winner any time I see you. And it was just the classic wow. thing. And I, and I said, guys, who did I tell you that you were going to get to meet today? And my six-year-old said, you said we were going to meet the greatest speaker of all time. And, and Zig just grinned. It was just a great memory for me. That
0: I mean, that's that's a a, a huge a great story. Well, and that leads into what my second question is. I mean, you know, what made Zig one of the best? You know, arguably the best speaker of all time. And you know, of course, you got to lead with his heart and his empathy. And I know that that is a primary piece of you. But I also like to relate that. Um, you know, he also, I think people think, oh, he was just, he was just brilliant. He was also such a student and he worked. I mean, Tom's attested to this, the amount of time that his dad worked at perfecting his skill and I am sure you did the same. So when you've got a guy like that that says, you, you, Andy, are, are one of the greatest speakers he's ever seen. Yeah. I wanted you to just to speak to that. Hey, at the top of the show, I talked about zip recruiter. Seriously, folks, if you are hiring, don't just automatically do what you've done before and post wherever and however you have posted before. We have a code for you to try zip recruiter for free. And your first thought might be, hey, it's going to be difficult to figure out. It'll take more time than you know just doing it the old way. Well, folks, that's why they are letting you try it for free. They know you'll be impressed, and then you'll pay for it. Uh, the ease of use is also why 400,000 businesses are already using them. Check out this recent testimonial from Scott. He said the recruiting process used to be painful before I'd post to several places, get a million resumes, but only a few responses from qualified candidates. It was torture, but with ZipRecruiter, we post once and get qualified candidates in one easy to review place. We've hired some of our best employees using ZipRecruiter. That was just from this last August. Hey, it's the Christmas season, the worst time to waste time. So try ZipRecruiter.com. Today, for literally free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out Yahoo finance.com. Yeah. I wanted you to just to speak to that, but Tom, did you want to throw something in?
3: Yeah. I wanted to just comment on two things. Uh, the first thing you're talking about your boys and this story, this happened about five years ago, maybe a little longer than that, maybe six years ago. Uh Andy had come to the office to do a webcast and for lunch, Myself and Andy and mom and dad went to a Chinese restaurant called Yao Fuzi. And when we're leaving, on the way out, I am holding dad's hands. And I'm holding his hand as he's walking. And the reason I'm doing that is because at this stage in dad's life, he was unstable on his feet. You know, his balance was a little off. He, yeah. he, you know, we needed to hold hands. So I'm just doing what a son does and and helping dad get in the car. And, you know, we had a great lunch. And when we get into the studio to film the webcast, I look at Andy and he has tears in his eyes. And I'm like, what's going on? He says, Tom, you and your dad holding hands is is something I'll never forget. Will you do me a favor? And I said, "Okay, what's what's the favor? What do you what do you want me to do? He said, "I want you to take a picture of you and your dad holding hands as you walk away from the camera. You need to do that. You'll 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 remember it forever. And and, and would you do that favor for me and send it to me? And so I did. About you know ten days later, we arranged to go out to eat and, and uh, took a picture of Dad and I just doing what we do, just holding hands. Sent it to Andy, and then maybe a few weeks later, uh, I received back in the mail." a picture that I I now have on my wall and it's framed and it's Mm -hmm. right here sitting in front of me. And on the right-hand side of this frame, it's got two uh, uh, five by sevens in it. On the right side of the frame is dad and I holding hands, walking away. And on the left-hand side of the frame is Andy with his two sons holding hands, walking away from the camera. Wow. And so uh, Andy, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, just about every keynote talk that I do, that picture of Dad and I holding hands is something that I share at the end. Because when you really boil down what life is about, it's about being able to hold hands with those you love, when you need to hold hands, and just because, all at the same time. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. I, you know, the catalyst for that, I had had somebody take that picture of me, like, uh, inadvertently, and they sent it to me, they, it was somebody I didn't even know, and they sent that picture to me, and said, saw you holding hands with your boys, walking along, enjoy that, you won't be doing it forever, and it kind of made me sad when they said that, and then the very next week, I see Tom and Zig holding hands, and I, and I, and I was just kind of reminded that, hey, you know, maybe I won't be holding their hands forever, but there will be a time when they will be holding my hand. And, and so it's, uh, you know, and, and of course, being as great admirers of of Tom and his family, his dad, and mom, sisters, a, as I am, you know, it is right there beside my death, that picture of Tom and Zig and uh, my boys and myself, the same one that Tom has it is right there
0: beside my desk in my office. That, that's and I think I, I've seen that picture as well. Matter of fact, you may use it on Facebook or something, Tom. I um, do. Yeah, I, I know that. Well, now I want to dive right into there, holding hands. We want I want to hit you with some questions on parenting, Andy. But I do want you, if you will, just real briefly to just from a a career standpoint and a profession and a skill standpoint that I am sure you have some natural abilities as a speaker. But to get a a response like that from Zig Ziglar and from the uh, hundreds of thousands of people that you have spoken to, I want you to let people know I'm betting that you did some work to hone your craft a little bit. It wasn't all just absolute natural brilliance. Am I right?
1: Yeah. You know, there is a lot that goes behind communicating effectively. And effectively I, I think is the key word there because it, you see a lot of communicators and um, and I think that there's a lot of times that, that you'll say well this speaker would be right for this audience, so this speaker would be right for this audience. There's very few speakers like Zig that you can say it don't matter what audience mm-hmm. we put him in. He is going to connect with everybody. and. And that is, I think, that is a process of awareness, and it is a process of wisdom, and it's a process of uh, of experience. You know, there is. A, it's amazing to me sometimes watching, you know, some other people. And usually, it's it's not other speakers I watch. It's in other situations. It'll be. You know, a local person who's introducing me, or somebody who's speaking before me—that you know—is not really a speaker, but a a presenter, I suppose. And and I'm I'm often reminded just how much uh, people are not aware of how people take their words and their their uh, their facial expressions and. And this kind of thing, and so I think there was a, a Malcolm. Uh, what's, what's the guy? Malcolm Gladwell uh, did a book uh, not too long ago, and it wasn't the tipping point. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was uh, it was the idea that the people who are really, really go over from from uh, you know good and and excellent into another. Level, just greatness or whatever, is is a, a connection is ten thousand hours, you know, ten thousand hours of experience doing something, and and so he gave example after example after example, you know, Larry Bird and ten thousand hours of shooting baskets outside at, in French Lick, Indiana, and and Bill Gates and the ten thousand hours he had spent, you know, tinkering with computer stuff, and and just on and on and on. And, and I realized how much experience I had, but there there was a, a, a huge thing that I noticed. Now, I'll close it by saying this. A huge thing I noticed about Zig that led to a prayer for me, and and that was I noticed that Zig had a way of connecting with people and explaining things to them that they would they they just would they would get it i mean it, it, you know there would be something that maybe everybody hadn't understood or people had had struggled with for years and he could explain it in a couple of minutes in a way that the just the light bulbs would come on all over the room and so a, a bunch of years ago i i started praying every day you know god help help me to understand things that you want your people to understand. That if they did understand, they would live the lives that you want them to live, which means they'd have a relationship with you. And, you know, that that they would seek answers from you. And God, please give me simple ways to explain complicated things that are confusing your people. And so I think that when somebody is able to connect consistently it uh it takes them into a different level and to connect consistently requires uh, you know what Zig had which is which is wisdom and experience clarity of thought and uh yeah you know, he he was the best
0: well that's that's that not the answer I was expecting uh but that that you committed it to prayer. Uh, how significant uh, is that? But that it was also an intentional thing that you went after. That just, that speaks a lot. Andy, I just, you know, in talking with so many people who are incredibly big influencers in our culture, I, I just know that people, I've heard it from them, that they often discount them somewhat as they're just this uh, anomaly. And and back to the book, it's one of my favorite ones that you were referencing. Yeah, that's outliers. And that's right.
1: That's yeah, right.
0: That's I, yeah. I'd love that. Cause he's somewhat discounted that he says, no, they had, they had, they were incredibly fortunate often in their uh, exposure to something like Bill Gates with computers, but then they put their time in. And when you look at it, they put more time in than anyone else. And so I hear that from you. I hope people hear that, that it's, it's refining that gift that you have. Yeah, Tom,
1: you know, and, and, you know, there is an opposing theory though and that is that uh, knowing that uh, Zig Ziglar and Jerry Clower both came from this little bitty town Yazoo City, Mississippi. Mm. I mean, it, it, that you know, when you consider that two of the greatest communicators in the history of the world came from this little bitty town at about the same time, the opposing theory is that there is just something in the water. I
3: was
0: just going to say, <laughs> <laughs>
3: we'll go with that. Yeah, we we won't go with that one, Andy, I don't think. That's <laughs> yeah, a, it's a good theory. That ruins my analogy. You know, the other thing um, that was true for Dad and true in what you said as far as the prayer that you pray, Dad was always trying to figure out what he could do to connect. And I, I never want, once heard him complain about the audience oh you know they're just a bunch of engineers or oh they're a bunch of teenagers or oh he never wants and what that told me and what I learned from that is his mindset was it's not about me it's about them and I think communication today is all about who's in the room it's about them and you've got to present differently to thirteen year old boys than you do sixty seven year old women. I mean it's just a reality.
1: That's and great exactly communicators right. know that. That's exactly right.
3: Well
0: that's, that's exactly right. That's gonna that's that thank you. That's good counsel it, for me. And
1: though. and the experience over time, those ten thousand hours will allow you to communicate to either.
0: Well, well, hey! So, thank you for sharing uh, all that. I, I just it can't can't pass up when Zig says of one of the best communicators of all time. We got to know some more about that. But I want to take uh, a, l- a little bit here and talk about parenting. I know that's a primary uh, a primary platform of yours. You know, now I was saying uh, before that I had been texting back and forth with my dad, Dan Miller, uh, about you. I got to I got to tell you, he said. Um, he said, "What a great guy, committed Christian, and more concerned about being a husband and dad than in being famous." I thought, "Man, that's that's the kind of testimony I want people to say about me. Uh, that is heart." Well, but Andy, so first question, and this, and I shared with folks, these are questions that were sent over by your uh, team. I, it, parenting. So, I'm, if you don't know, I'm the biological father of seven kids. I have two more that call me daddy, and I count my my role as daddy to, you know, Caleb and Autumn and Eliza and Ian and Candy and Serena and Dakota and Isaac and Mason as my wow. pers- personal testimony of God's grace and unmerited favor. and
1: How many kids would you have if you'd been from Utah? Oh, Good well, grief.
0: you know, yeah, we, uh, we found something that, <laughs> that, uh, to help with that. <laughs> my best friend's a doctor. I'll leave it at that. So did I tell you about the Japanese twill pants I got delivered to my doorstep by Trunk Club? where I spent a total of five minutes getting a new pair of pants I love instead of a day shopping. Pants that fit well. They're totally stylish and ridiculously comfortable. True story, I'm going to be at the Ziegler headquarters in a couple days, and those are the pants I'll be wearing for the day, full day planning session. I mean, look, this Christmas, last-minute gifts, crowded airports, the family, you have enough things to worry about during the holidays. What you'll be wearing at all the parties and gatherings shouldn't be one of them. Trunk club has your back. Let them take the hassle out of shopping by shipping you a trunk of clothes that fit perfectly and make you look like a million bucks with all the new winter styles. At TrunkClub.com slash Ziggler, you answer simple questions about your style, preferences, and size and are assigned an expert stylist. They curate clothes from the best premium brands and you approve of what you like. And just like that, boom, a trunk arrives on your doorstep filled with hand-picked clothes that are perfect for you. You try them on, keep what you like, easily return what you don't in their prepaid trunk. This is not a subscription service. You only pay for the clothes you keep from your trunk. No hidden charges, just great clothes. So you can get started today and Trunk Club will style you for free. Plus free shipping both ways. You only pay again for the clothes you keep. So take advantage. Go to trunkclub.com slash Ziggler. Okay. One last time. That's trunkclub.com slash Ziggler for a trunk filled with clothes you'll love wearing. Andy, I mean I generally do these interviews and I research an interviewee's content. Then I craft questions that intrigue me and then dig in deeper. And on average, I literally write about 3,000 words in prep for an interview. This will be wow. the first interview I do from a totally different perspective. So again, in prepping for this, your team sent me some primer questions on this parenting focus of yours. And honestly, again, I normally... Ignore these and craft my own. But as I read them, I thought, I want to know the answer. I want to know your response. So this is a, a fully open, candid interview. So we're gonna we're gonna go Rambo, as my buddies and my youth used to say when we were diving in, unrehearsed and, and fully raw. So there are four questions that they led off with that I just thought those are great. I want to hear the answer. To that so the first one was,
1: Hey, hey wait, yeah. wait. before you ask, yes, let me let me preface something, and and that is that I I never really expected to be. Talking about parenting, I it was never. I mean, years ago, I you know, I I never said, "Gosh, one day I want to have a parenting platform. One day I really want to have, you know, I I, I want to be an expert on parenting, or people don't want to hear what." I, that never ever occurred to me. Hmm. And the way this came about was because I, a, as a speaker. I began to to really ask myself how can I be of great value to companies and teams and and to to be of great value to companies and teams it has to be measurable you know I want I want to go into places and have them so changed that it changes their bottom line that it changes their income that it changes their uh, their production. I want to. I want to be uh, an agent of positive change for teams and companies. And so, how can I do this? And as I began, you know, to get more and more to the bottom line, I began to find things that were pretty, uh, pretty, uh just, just curious to me. One is that every time I would go in, and Tom, you can attest to this, every time. I would go somewhere, you know, the honchos would say, all right, tell them this and tell them this and talk to them about this and we got a problem with this. And so if you would really hit this really hard, tell them this. And tell them. And so I would, you know, I would do it. And, and I, you know, I'd get to the end of the thing get a standing ovation and everybody would be happy. And in 18 months, they'd get me back to do another version of the same thing. But I never, ever had anybody call me and say, hey, because of what you did, our company uh, you know, increased by 40% because of what you did. I, I never had that happen. Right. And so I began to to think, you know, I've got to have proof of value. You know, I, I really want to prove value. And and so I began to think, okay, what am I doing? You know, what, what is it that I'm presenting? And, and a couple of things I began to realize. One thing I began to realize is that with – All these things that the honchos were telling me to tell them at their companies, I realized these could not possibly be the answers to their problem. Couldn't possibly be the answers. Because if those were the answers to their problem, surely they would have already told them and wouldn't have had to get me in in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so I I thought it's got to be something else. And as I began to go deeper and deeper into the foundation of what would change things? I knew that I could not go in and and teach real estate people about real estate because I didn't know anything about real estate. I couldn't I couldn't talk to General Motors about cars or to Coca Cola about you know so- soft drink uh, you know configuration, and I I, I couldn't you know I, I couldn't talk to to doctors about surgery, and I began to think you know well, what is it that I know. And as I went to the foundation, I realized that, that parenting is the, is the common denominator between everybody on this planet. Whether you have kids, don't have kids, don't like kids, whatever it is, every morning when you wake up, everything you see, Everything you touch, everything you use has been created and maintained uh, a, a, according to a level of quality that was based on how these people were raised. Parenting is the fulcrum that our society tilts on. Wow. If, if, if you want to be a great leader uh, in your company, you want to lead employees, well, it's parenting principles that you want to use. If if you want to to uh, keep clients, it's really parenting principles that you want to use. You want to coach people. It's parenting principles, because these are the baseline, the bottom line, in who we are, and how we turn out. And it is it is the the one thing that brought our our. Uh, our, our our world, our society, our nation, to the best place in history. And it's the one thing that has allowed a decline. Because if you look back in time, 70 years ago, there is a time when people say, that's, that's the best we ever were. Society has declined ever since then. But man, 70 years ago, that generation of people, they produced more, they sacrificed more, they learned more, they became more. And we even have a name for them. We call them the greatest generation. But I I would argue that they are not the greatest generation. I would give that title to their moms and Mm dads and their grandparents and the the adults in that society because by what standard did these people raise an entire generation of people that 70 years later we still look back and say that's the best we ever were? And what did we forget along the way that has caused the decline?
0: What that is, that was the first question. Where did that passion on parenting come from that you answered it? And that, I just wrote this out. I got, okay. I got an admission to make. Uh, as you're talking, I, on my computer screen, I have a text up and my family, five of my kids and my wife are texting back and forth. And I just, I I typed this out in my notes for the show. Parenting is the fulcrum that our society tilts on. I copied it and pasted it in there. I said, Andy said this, we get to talk about this as a family. I I mean, it's interesting to me that as you talk about this, here you are speaking in corporations, high level stuff, you know, with a, a lot of status in that. And you come to where's the biggest impact. And interestingly, as we, as I think most people know, folks, if you're listening, you don't know this, that was one of Zig's focuses. He made his claim to fame in, you know, six, uh, sales initially and then went into, uh, you know, motivation and inspiration on a big level. But parenting, he, he has books on that. If you don't know about him, go to Ziggler.com, look at the products page, and he has books on it because he realized, I think, the same thing. And Andy, I'll, I'll tell you, I am awed and jointly overwhelmed at the impact that I realized my parents had on me for good and bad, and that I have on my kids uh, to the point to, I, I, I'm grateful to have such open communication with them to let them know that, you know, kiddos, I love you. I'm doing my best to be a, a mirror of, of God in your lives, but it's impossible for me to do that. I pray for the Holy Spirit's power to help me be a, a perfect dad, but it's impossible and I am going to do you harm as well. I want you to know that I'm just a guy doing my best. And cause that impact is, yeah, it, it blows me away. Now you mentioned what is the standard and that's the next question. And I'm, I was all ears. I am all ears right now on the answer to what is the gold standard of parenting?
1: Yeah. You know that's, that's a curious thing because if you ask, if you just walk downtown and asked a bunch of people, what is the gold standard of parenting? You would quickly realize that uh you know that that people have come to a point in their lives that were, or that we have come to a point in our society where we have agreed to disagree and and whereas you know one family they might say, well, you know our standards for dress here uh you know that that we you know we we want him to dress this way and you know, we don't want him to wear that that kind of pants or to wear them that way. And, and we don't, you know, like the hair that way or that long or that in that direction or wh- whatever it is. And then at the other total end of the spectrum might be somebody that is like, well, you know, hey, he's a human being, too. And, you know, he's allowed to express himself however he wants to. And, you know, we think, hey, it's just hair. It's just clothes. And and so, you know, we feel like he should be able to do that. Well, and and as you know. There's every other thing that's scattered in between those two extremes, and so, so when you say, well, what is the standard? You you have to understand that the definition of a standard is, uh, is is the best agreed upon level that that we will adhere to. You know, a standard is what. What everybody agrees that, okay, that's the best. Okay, that's the standard we're going to set. We're going to set that as a standard. That's the best, and that's what we're going to adhere to. Okay, and so if you look at society now and you say, so what is the standard for parenting? What's the goal standard for parenting? And you realize that people have come to a point where they've agreed to disagree. That means that there are many standards. And if you, if you understand what a definition of a standard is in the first place, then to say that there are many standards means there is no standard anymore. We are without a standard. Now, there, there, is, there is hope for this. There is hope to regain a standard in our society, because I, I've done a lot of thinking about this, and I've seen, you know, we all have uh, people that we know that, uh, you know, their families for generation after generation, man, they've just grown in wisdom and wealth and they've been able to pass down and, you know, great things and grow from that point. And, you know, I've got uh, friends, a couple of families that I look at that I, I've examined really closely for five and six generations. And, man, by any stretch of the imagination, they know how to do it. <laughs> you look and say, boy, they know how to raise kids, because there's just, they're not missing anything for generations. All the cousins and the brothers and sisters, everybody's turning out great, and they're all becoming wise, and they're all becoming wealthy, and they're building. Now, if you look at my family, you know, my family for generations, we, my family didn't pass down anything. I mean, every generation started over, and You know, people didn't get along, and so there wasn't any wisdom, certainly wasn't any wealth being passed along. And as I'm examining all this, I'm thinking, man, somebody has to throw the anchor. Somebody has to say, okay, this stops with me. This stops with my generation, and and we're going to create something new. Well, as, as I decided that, I also looked around, and I began to wonder. I began to wonder why you know, these families that were such good families and good people and caring and loving people that would donate, literally donate millions of dollars to charity and millions of dollars to political causes to try to help people and help the country. And and so I think, okay, do they want other people, would they want other people to live like they are able to live and that kind of peace and prosperity? And the answer would be yes. Well, if if we looked at them Would we want to live like they have lived? And we go, well, yes, we would. Okay, so, well, would they tell us how to do it? Well, yes, they would. Okay, so then why aren't we doing what they say? Why aren't we taking advantage of their advice? And and here is what I figured out is, is the reason. There are people who know how to do certain things. But until they can explain why what they do works as it does and why it will benefit you every time, as far as you're concerned, uh, you know, that's just their opinion. Now, I'll I'll give you a great example. If I went to my friend, Bob, and I said, I said, Bob, you know, I look at your family and, oh, my gosh, we would really like to create what your family has created, and Bob, I have two kids. I have two boys, and so I'm just—I'm putting myself under you. you. Just tell me what to do. You just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do with my boys, what not to do. Just tell me, and 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 I—I'm in. And he well, okay. Uh, you know, I just uh, now this will take a while, but let, let's just start. Yeah, you know, I saw him at the ballpark the other night, and let's just—this is just a little thing, but let's start with this. I—I—I uh, I, I think you should not allow them. Now you're wanting the best for your kids, right? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, then I, I think you should not allow them to wear their their hats backwards. And then I might say, no, no, what? And he would say, well, I I think you I think you shouldn't allow them to wear their hats backwards. And I would say, no, um, why is that? And he might say, well, you know, it's just. It's something that my family has always we we've never done that, and it's something our family has always paid attention to. And I, I think that you you know you said tell you what to do, and so that's one of the things. And then I might say, well now, I okay, but it's not a sin, is it? Is it? I mean, is this right or wrong? I I mean, I, why why uh, not let them wear the hat? back and he might say, well, you know, my dad always thought that that was just it was just a bad look, and and so. That's uh, that's something we that that I I think you shouldn't do, and then at that point I might say you know what um I I need you to tell me things that'll matter uh because that you know that I mean it's like that's like black clothes or or blue clothes you know I mean that, that's uh, you know it's not right or wrong so uh, I kind of think that's just your opinion. And so just, I need you to tell me things that matter. And he would go, well, all right, you know, and, and see, he would know. His family had never done that, but he, he would not have been able to explain why. Now, on the other hand, if if I, if I he said that to me and I said, really? Now, don't let them wear their hats, why is that? And he said to me, okay, here's, here's the thing. I know that seems kind of odd, and when you think about it, you know, wearing your hat backwards, forward, sideways – it's not right. It's not wrong. It's not a sin. Okay, but, but here's the thing. You and I both know that we want the greatest of opportunities for our kids. And the world being like it is, with the average age of hiring and firing being 40 and 50 and 60 years of, years of, of age people, you and I both know now, it don't matter what you and I think, but you and I both know that there's a certain percentage, let's say 25%. Now, I think it's probably more than that, but let's say 25% of the people of hiring and firing age, when they see somebody wearing their hat backwards, they don't like it. It's To them, it's not a good look. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm just saying that if if it really doesn't matter To them, if you know if they don't have cancer on the back of their neck and need to shade their neck, I mean, if it really doesn't matter, we want to send our kids into a world where 100% of the people are absolutely on their side. We don't want to give anybody an opportunity to just uh, disregard your child before they ever talk to them because of how they look, especially when it's something that they can control and something that doesn't matter. You know, it's like manners. Manners are money. We all know that a kid who grows into a 25-year-old adult with great manners has many more opportunities in life than a kid who grows into a 25-year-old adult with average or below average manners. So hat on the back of the head, it's just money. Now, there's a why.
0: That is, I'm writing notes here uh, to talk with my family about. I mean, ultimately. Are you
3: what, guys there? I'm not hearing
0: you. Oh, no. Hold yeah, on. I
3: can't hear either.
0: All right. Well, Andy, yeah, it talks. It sounds like you're talking in so many ways about mentoring, which is something we have lost so much in our culture today that uh, you know, the essence of looking at people who are doing it right who are getting the fruit that you want and asking for their counsel. But I also know we're running out of time here. I got one more important question for you, though. Before that, uh, you have a new product called the 100 Year Parenting Series that has four free videos uh, in that, and I think you've got a special code to give folks so they can get that.
1: Yeah, I would love for people to get this. It's free. And, and if you will text 33444, I know that doesn't sound like a text number, but that's all you need to put in there 33444. And in the message, put the word parenting. That's all. And if you will text parenting to 33444. Uh, we will immediately come back to you and uh, connect with you so that we can get you these four free videos on parenting. I think, I think you'll love them, and, uh, and, and I'm honored to be able to do that.
0: Okay, awesome. Hey, thank you so much. Well, hey, then the last question before you've got to run is, that I want to ask is, what do you believe is the most common mistake made by parents today?
1: I think the most common mistake made by parents has to do with thinking logically to an incomplete conclusion. You know, we all know thinking logically to a wrong conclusion, and that's pretty obvious. But when you think logically to an incomplete conclusion, uh, very few people will go beyond what is an obvious answer, and many times an answer that is true. But... And I don't—I don't mean to get into a too complicated thing, but this is kind of funny to when we begin to realize that there are things that can be true, and yet they are not the truth. Okay, there are things that are true, but the truth connotes a bottom line, the foundation. That's as far as we can go. That's everything we can know. It, like you could take a blind person and say. So, so tell me what this elephant is like. And, and if the blind person, you know, grabs hold of the trunk, the, you know, the blind person might say, well, an elephant is a lot like a snake. Well, that's true. You know, it, maybe another blind person would grab the leg. Well, an elephant is like a pole. Or, or an elephant is like a wall. Well, that's true. All of that is true. It's just not the truth. And so there are many things in parenting and in relationships with our children, that are true, but we are not going far enough to find the truth. There are things that that seem to make sense. you know, I, I can't tell you how many parents of adult children that I have that I've talked to that have come to me and said, you know, where it says uh, there in the Bible where uh, you know Solomon wrote, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he has grown, he will not depart from it. Well, we did that, and now look. Mm. And they're, they're devastated, and I, I feel horrible for them. They don't know what to do. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the circumstances have been tragic. and and it, But over and over again, I find, when I just dig in a little bit, that they didn't understand what Solomon wrote. You know, you know. Solomon wrote, "Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is grown, he will not depart from it." Solomon did not write, "Make a kid do exactly what you want him to do, and when he is eighteen, he will keep doing it for the rest of his life." Right. That ain't what the man wrote. And so, when we, you know, we tell our teachers, we say, "Hey, don't you tell, don't you teach my kid." what to think. You're there to teach my kid how to think. Well that's true. It sounds good because that that that's the truth. But there's a problem when we bring our kids home and we teach them what to think. Because whoever it is who teaches them what to think, it doesn't matter. When you only teach a child what to think, as soon as they turn eighteen and get away from you, they will immediately begin to explore the validity of every single thing they have been taught to think. And and you won't be around with a net to catch them. But when we train up a child in the way that he should go, that is teaching a child how to think. And that requires long conversations from the very beginning long conversations. And, and maybe, you know, if you say, gosh, my kid's already 13. That's all right. That's all right. Start now. That's the beginning. Right now is the beginning. and and But long conversations about why we believe what we believe and how we came to that and and the time that we doubted it and why we doubted it and what Uncle Kevin said that turned us around. I mean, these long conversations. And then when they turn 18 and get away from us, they will have already decided a lot of the things that, that, that young adults are having to decide now, and they will also be prepared to think in a way and to make decisions that are knocking the legs out from under a generation. One, one more quick thing, and this is just kind of a, a funny little example, is when my son Austin was five. You know, you want to think with the end in mind. I talk to so many people who say, who say, oh, we're just trying to raise great kids. We're just, man, we're just, that's, that's our focus. We want to raise great kids. And I want to say, well, there's your problem, because you really don't want to raise great kids. You want to raise kids who become great adults. It's two different things. It's two totally different destinations. And a dest- different destination will require a different pathway to it. And so in, in the light of raising children who become great adults, Austin was five years old. A bunch of my buddies were over, and, and uh, my wife came up, and she said something. Dude, so I don't even remember what it was. But when she left, I, I kind of put my hand up to the guys and, you know, just kind of like, hang on just a second. I said, hey, Austin, talking to my five-year-old. I said, did you see what your mom did right there and how she acted when she came in? and the look on her face and what she said and did you see what she took time out to do right there and he said yes sir I do and and I said now here's here's the thing one day you are going to be in a position of choosing who you will marry you'll be able to choose your wife and you want to make sure you choose somebody who does that like your mom did now and Austin ran off and you know he's going my friend said are you out of your mind? And I was like, what? And they said, dude, you're, you're talking to a five-year-old about how to choose a woman? And I said, absolutely. And they said, why would you do that? I said, because if I wait till he's 18, he's not going to listen to anything I say. I mean, you wait till 16 or 18 and let him bring in some girl you don't like and say, uh-uh, uh-uh. Well, it's too late then. But if you already train them up in the way they should go, Noticing things with the right kind of expect expectations about the people they will be around and why they want to be around those people. They will turn into adults that will hold hands with you when you walk out of a restaurant, just like Tom did
3: with Stig. <laughs> that- Andy, Andy that's, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to make one comment as we wrap this up. Uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who's a good friend of ours, he boiled the whole Old Testament down to three things that it teaches us to teach our kids. God, which is good and evil, the the idea, the concept, and God. Number two is sex, which is really male-female relationships. And number three is money. And you can't start too young with your kids explaining those things because it makes all the difference when they grow up. Boy, isn't that the truth? That's right. That is amazing. That's
0: great. You guys still hear me here? Oh, yeah. All right. I had a little chime that made me sound like I went out. Well, hey, Andy, thank you. I know you've got to run. You're at an event. I do want folks to to, to remember you go to AndyAndrews.com to check out everything he's doing. And again, that text, if you'll text to three, this number, 33444. Text the word parenting, and you'll get these four videos uh, from Andy. Andy, thank you. I am going to actually have a family meeting planned uh, this Sunday thanks to an upcoming guest of ours, Mark Thames, who uh, we're going to have on here and talk some more about parenting and being intentional and some powerful things he's done, Uh, but I'm going to talk, I've got a list here of stuff. I want to talk to you just on that. What is our standard, you know, for, for our kids? I mean, they know our values, but have we ever stated a standard for our home? And then I got to say, I'm convicted because uh, we have a very large and, uh, adventuresome and creative family, and I'm not sure that I've made manners at the top of the list. And yet, when you say that I was taught manners and I I employ them when necessary (laughs) and when it's going to be relevant and that is uh, so. a handful of things just thank you thank you for your heart uh, your wisdom for your time today I am incredibly eager to get this out to folks this is gonna be uh, maybe the best Christmas gift that they get so Andy thank you
1: hey awesome and listen there's one of my books and it's called the noticer returns and in that book Jones talks to several parents and they come up with 21 things that they want to create in the lives of their children as they become adults. And they're creating a standard. And so that book is The Notice of Returns. It's a great story.
0: Okay, well, there's my – Tom, you can get me that for Christmas. All right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, guys, so much. Thank you. Thanks, Thank
0: brother. you. Thanks so much. What a blessing. Everybody, Bye-bye. thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you in the next Ziggler Show.